Welcome to the XYZ Podcast, the podcast where we talk about entertainment and the creative process. I am Zach, I'm your Z Factor. I'm Eco, I am your Y Factor. And, and today... No, oh, no X Factor, it's to, a YZ show. I mean, I was... Yeah. Oh man, yeah, YZ! I was gonna make a little joke. Yeah. I was gonna make a little joke. I was gonna say our X Factor was the fact that we had a guest snafu. <laughs> Just a little bit of a guest snafu. Oh yeah, it is color it does it is coloring the mood. <laughs> I I don't think I don't know. No, so, I, we're in a loopy mood today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's definitely not just that for me. I oh, yeah, had yeah, four hours of sleep yeah. last night. I'm I'm just generally <laughs> tired, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So it'll probably be a quick one. Well, like a quick one. Quick, yeah. Quick being like forty five minutes. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know. We'll get into some shit then. You know. Talk about some things. Talk about shit. So yeah. And, uh, um, so yeah, election was. Yeah, this is our midterm special. Yeah, the midterm special. Yeah. Um, what do I remember about it? I mean, I went to vote. I, I went yeah. on day off. Did you, you went day off. Did you uh, Did you do early? Oh man, let me tell you, I went early. And uh, I kind of wish I had done day of. Yeah, what was your experience doing early? Uh, so. And which day? Which day? I went Saturday. Okay, yeah. I went Saturday. So, uh, I don't know. My my recent experiences voting, I feel like they've always been pretty quick. Yeah. And, uh, I, like, this is a good problem, what happened on Saturday. Yeah, what yeah. happened is I went and I waited for two hours. I was hungover. I hadn't eaten since lunch the day before. Well, I had, like, snacks at night, but I didn't have, like, a dinner on the night before. Yeah. I didn't have a breakfast the day of. Uh, and I was hungover, and I was, like, I didn't bring a water bottle or anything or reading material. I was just there while my phone slowly died on me. Uh, and, like, they had chairs, so you didn't have to stand and wait. Oh, and, you know. That's good, at least, yeah. Yeah, like, it's a good problem to have because, you know, it means that a lot of people are voting, but also... When I finally got to the machines they were using, the machines were hella slow, mm-hmm. which, uh, I don't know. I, I guess, is Wait, there, there oh, a way I could have elected for a paper ballot? I wouldn't oh, you had machines. Okay, I, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll describe my, my experience, which is I went to, um, I went on, I went day of, um, yeah. it, I had a, the South Loop location, which is at an elementary school, which is interesting. Quite interesting because, like, afterwards I got out and there were just kids in the playground. Yeah. And all these adults coming out and just like, oh, kids everywhere. Uh, so my experience was that when I went, um, I, there was virtually no way. It was like two or three people in front in line in front of me. That's what I keep hearing from people who went the day of. And yeah. I'm kicking myself because I legitimately, I was like, I don't want to stand in line for two hours on Tuesday. I don't even know if right. I'm going to be able to get there on time on Tuesday. Yeah. And, so you uh, instead stood in line for two hours on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> I, I came home. I, I saw my roommate after on Saturday and I, I looked at her, at her and I was like, you're going to vote, right? And I told her my experience, and so she ran into me Tuesday night, and she said, you gave me, like, a scare about voting. And then I went in on Tuesday, and it just took me five minutes at 4 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> After I had, I had told her this horror story of me waiting in line for two yeah, hours. Yeah, I, I was kind of worried, because I saw some Daryl posted something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our previous guests, Daryl, he did post something Friend also. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, so he posted something about um, standing in line for two hours, and I think that was maybe it was Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was I, interesting. I almost posted a very similar post the day before him. Not exactly the same, yeah. but it was along the lines of, Oh man, it took me two hours, but I think he he addressed it very well because he was very much like, yeah, this is a great problem to have. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So what happened? Yeah. Like then, 
I didn't. There was no machine. Mine was purely paper. Oh uh, yeah. Um, for whatever. I reason. wish mine had been that. Uh, cause it was a dumb machine. Yeah, and I. <laughs> <laughs> so I did spend. I spent the majority of my time actually, um, like, f- looking through my phone and reading the guide that I had uh, used, yeah. and then uh, uh, making my picks that way. So. That was my experience. That's, that's good. Yeah. I, it's kind of funny. I think, like, everybody, you know, was anticipating, you know, Tuesday rush. Or, alternatively, you could think of that as maybe not a lot of people... A lot of people wanted to vote, but couldn't necessarily take the time off of work to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole idea that we have one election day and it's in the middle of the week on a Tuesday is insane. I don't know. A lot of people say that... I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, we should make election day... A uh, national holiday, all day, yeah, but yeah. I think that's like just doing that for one day because like ser- service people, you know, um, like I think that's they're still gonna have to work. They're not gonna get the day off. So I think it would make way more sense to just have I don't know like have election we- week. Oh Is yeah, that, yeah. In, like not like the like where you can just go throughout the week and then. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it just well we kind that of have that with early, we kind of have that with yeah. early voting, but it's just we like the terminology is that it's early, so it's like people think they don't need to do it, right? So it's it, maybe it's just a, I think it's a branding problem with early voting, yes, yeah. right? Because we have the option to do this, yeah. and I don't think like if you if you are if you're mostly made up in your mind, like you're not gonna get a lot of new information. No, in spite yeah. of like you know I guess um, you know maybe some surprise scandal, but not not really. It means yeah. 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 So that's um, that was my voting experience. Yeah. Um, did, you have, did you watch the polls or anything? No, I. I no. Yeah, I didn't have the energy to. And <laughs> I know. I mean, it it wouldn't stress me out, but yeah. I was like, I'm not super heavily invested in oh, man. a particular like. Yeah. You know, I do. You know, I. I'm, I, I I'm, feel like there wasn't one specific race I was invested in, but I feel like I was invested a a, a lot of it. I was going to say a little bit, but honestly, a lot of bit yeah, yeah. a bunch of other ones. Some crushed me a little bit to see. But I'm seeing now, like, uh, the Florida governor race yeah. is now close enough to, uh, I mean, this will probably be old news by Tuesday when this comes out. Yeah. But the Florida, like, the Florida governor race I just saw on Twitter is close enough for a recount. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I think the Florida Senate's about to go the same way. Okay, Which yeah. is one that uh, I thought we had lost. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and there are some other ones. George is... Still not at recount level for governor, but yeah, because those those are two of the big ones where the governor's race in Florida and Georgia. Um, so hey, I don't know, because like the guy in Florida, he's just a huge. He very much ran on a Trump esque platform. Yeah, I've he heard. Very yeah. much a racist little. Yeah, I don't know, but my I'm very proud of my home district, because so I grew up in the Virginia tenth. Uh, and I like looked it up online on election day just because I wanted to get. An idea of exactly how long I've been. Yeah. But in 1981, my district voted in this guy Frank Wolf, this Republican, uh, and he was, uh, he he was the representative for like 30 years. Oh yeah. And then it got replaced by this late. He got replaced by this woman Barbara Comstock, who's also a Republican. Yeah. Uh, and she was also the wife of my high school vice principal, Chip Comstock. And then uh, she just got voted out. Uh, like a, she lost in a landslide to a Democrat. So for, yeah. for the first time in nearly forty years, my home district went blue. I don't know, as a big old lefty. Well, 
Yeah. You know, big old. You know, just I don't want the Republicans to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of feel like my home state has. It's like it it was turning purple, and I think now it's turning blue. Yeah. Honestly, because uh, a lot of the big uh, upsets were in Virginia, um, which is kind of that's cool. very cool. Because I mean, you know, when you th- when you think of Virginia historically, it's like that's oh, yeah. that's where the that's it's, where the Confederacy started. You know, it's yeah yeah uh, the what is it the Confederate battle the Confederate flag is actually like the North the Army of Northern Virginia flag right right or the, the one that, that is commonly perceived to yeah. be it's like a battle flag it's not actually the original yeah <laughs> like I but as somebody from Northern Virginia yeah. that touches especially because like I don't know Northern Virginia is very much not the South at yeah all. yeah uh, it's very much a place where just people from all over the country live to work in DC. Uh, yeah, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this day and age, so yeah, um, I I do not know what happened in my. I don't even know what my home district back in Texas would be because yeah. we moved around a couple of times. You were, oh man, I'm not just on dumb. Houston, Dallas, Dallas. Okay, all right. I think you consistently <laughs> make I that do. mistake. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm so sorry. But um, I, I yeah, I mean I. I lived in a couple of different addresses back home in Dallas, so we don't have a consistent place. The and Senate was the big one in Texas. With uh, the Texas Senate or the yeah. Senator or the Senate tour from Texas? Senator from Texas. The National Senator. Okay. You no, know, he almost bounced that Ted Cruz. Oh. But you didn't. With uh, no, yeah. wasn't that the um, wasn't that the governorship? No, dude. No, no. Okay, I'm thinking about something. He's a senator. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, you're not no, informed, Ego. I'm not informed. Oh man, this is a midterm special. The X Y Z midterm special. Eco reveals he's not very well informed. <laughs> it's all right. I just yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah, like basically, um, yeah. I mean, voted Democrat for the most part. Yeah. No, actually, no. I think solidly. Like. No, no, green, green is like uh, for the water reclamation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, there were definitely a couple where I where I voted green, but it was it was never races where I thought it would have upset the. De- I don't know because there yeah, had, yeah, yeah. there was I think that I'm forgetting what state there was in, but there was a race. Yeah. Where the Democrat lost by like 1.5 percent. Oh yeah, and that could have. And been, the Green yeah. Party got 2.2 percent of the vote. Yeah, bill. yeah. So. I had it uh, gone the other way. Uh, the um, yeah, I got the yeah. It was it was all for water reclamation. Oh stuff. yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so there was that. Yeah, I was thinking. Actually, what happened was when I when I googled the race initially, um, Google shows the Senate race like as the as the splash, mm. and for some reason I would interpreted that as the House race, mm. and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna wait till the morning. Yeah, the uh, the Senate crushed my heart. I got very drunk on election night, honestly. Yeah. I uh, I, I was very much, because I knew I'd be looking at the polls all night, and I I just like gave myself a bunch of things to do or things to also be doing. Yeah. So I, I cooked myself dinner. I also made myself brownies. Yeah. Uh, which was very clutch move. I drank a lot of whiskey and beer, and I watched some good television. I yeah. watched uh, the Chris Gethard show. Yeah. Which uh, it's a good show. Everyone should watch it. It's on YouTube. Look up the episode One Man's Trash. And uh, I don't want to say anything more about One Man's Trash because I feel like you just gotta experience it. It's got Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis. Now I'm saying more. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's I think it's like one of the funniest episodes of TV that I've just ever seen. Wow. Cool. Uh, anyways, uh, 
and then I also watched. Have you seen? Heard of the show Animals? No. You know the Duplass brothers? Uh, oh, Mar- I know Mark from the League, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Speaking of Paul Shear and Jason Manzikis, yeah. so he's very big into like the mumblecore scene, the Duplass brothers in general. Mumblecore, yeah. yeah. You know mumblecore? Not exactly. But it's I very can... like improvised kind of shows. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds it sound like a like a music genre. No, like like deathcore, metalcore, all that mm. stuff. No, but okay, it's, I mean, it's an yeah. improv- improvised show genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I don't know if you you know the show Easy or. No. The movie Jeff Who Lives at Home. No. Eco okay. reveals he doesn't know anything. <laughs> Alright. Well, it's Mumblecore. Basically, yeah. Mumblecore is very kind of laid back. Uh, I think there's generally like a plot outline. Yeah. But uh, it's very, very improvised. I feel like right now I sound like the star of a Mumblecore movie just because right. I'm mumbling a little and I'm... Uh, ooh, guys, I, I got four hours of sleep last night. Dude, is our is our <laughs> podcast like is that is that our um? I think we're. I guess so. We're, I guess we're, we're mumblecore. mumblecore. Yeah, hashtag mumblecore. Hashtag mumblecore. Yeah, yeah if you're listening, uh, tag us. Hashtag mumblecore. Hashtag mumblecore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna do that uh, <laughs> with our large audience. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, uh, it's a good show. Animals. It's a good show. Kay. It's like a cartoon, uh, but it's kind of very mumblecore, and they get like a lot of good. Uh, it's voice actors. Cartoon. It's a cartoon. Oh, uh, what's the? This is there's this other cartoon it's on it's HBO. On, there's another one that's on Netflix that was um, that I know um, the Nick Kroll. Oh, Big Mouth. Big Mouth. You watch Big yeah. Mouth? I, I've seen only the first episode. Oh my is, god, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, it's I oh, it's so good. I just yeah. rewatched. I just watched the whole. Well, rewatched the first season and then like watched the second season. Is there only? Is there? Only there's only two. two. The okay, second yeah. one just came out. Uh, it's so good. Like it gets gross. Oh yeah, it's not yeah. A bad thing. Like, like the first episode is already gross. Oh yeah. Like, just okay. I'm just gonna spoilerize a little bit no, of it. It's not. Which is just like, I mean, like, dicks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. dicks everywhere. The cartoon there's, dicks everywhere. There's a scene where Kristen Wiig plays uh, a girl's vagina, and it's just a scene of where she's talking to her vagina. Uh, I'm pretty sure they do a full musical about menstruation. They, uh, I mean, like it's all stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Full musical number, not a full musical. Um, it's a it's, it's very a great show, it's very I about teen issues, it. you know. Yeah, so. I I think it, it it touches very honestly on how people are feeling while they're going through puberty yeah. in a way that I feel like I've just never seen in media in general. Yeah, the uh, hormone monster. Hormone monster. Well, they go all over the place in season two. They have a shame wizard. Oh. Voiced by David. I always pronounce his name wrong. Fellus. Fools, felt. Do you know the Harry Potter movies? No. <laughs> Do you know the Omen re- remake from 2006? Vaguely, yes. Okay, he played the reporter. Oh. Guy who gets his head chopped off. Harry, how do you spell it? No, David. David, oh wow. He's uh, British, David T.H. Have you seen Fargo season three? No. Uh... Just do Okay, David that's T- how you spell it. T H E W L I S. Yeah. Like you want to say Lewis, but it's flu. It's also not Thulis. Yeah. Thulis, maybe. Anyways, he voices that character, and there's also a depression something. There's a whole there's a whole universe of these little monsters and shit that are like fucking with your feelings during puberty. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's the shame, there's the hormone, there's the depression, which. All things that are very valid in the teenage experience. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really into that show. There was some stat that came out 
uh, after the first season that was long lines of uh, it was like the quickest binge the most binged show yeah kind of thing. the one that the most people just watched the whole thing at once which is what I did oh yeah yeah cool I think it was a show that I didn't expect like I wasn't sure if I was even gonna like and I just watched it in all in one day I don't know uh, you want to talk about musicals? Sure. Um, so I've been, I am signed up for the Second City class improv and musical in eight weeks, which is what it sounds like. We write a musical in eight weeks. Um, so I've been re- watching and revisiting some musicals. Uh-huh. Um, the one I, the, the first week, for the, before, prior to the first week, our assignment was to uh, watch something that you, I haven't watched before. Uh-huh. And I, I chose Les Mis. Les Mis. Les Miserables. Um, I, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking before the podcast. Yeah. I've only seen the Tom Hooper, I believe, was the director movie. But the, the one movie, from 2012. Yeah, yeah, the 2012 movie with Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe and, and Anne Hathaway, right? Yeah. So I watched a um, London West End production. It was like some an anniversary production. So it had the end. At the end, they actually brought out the actors who used to, the the previous actors. Oh, so they, really did, cool. they did some songs, which was pretty cool. Um, but there were a couple things I disliked about that particular production. Um, specifically, it was like three three things that I talked about with Zach earlier, which is, um, first is the staging was like everybody for all the songs, they sang towards the audience and never towards the other actors. So you didn't get very much actor interaction that way. Yeah. So that was very, I, that felt very awkward. Very on point. I just turned around in my seat because yeah. I realized I was talking at that microphone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'd be a more dynamic podcaster if I'm facing you. Yeah, yeah. I try to, well, I mean, I try to do that when we have guests too, is like, yeah. just to like, you know, turn towards the guests. I'm just exhausted and haven't been thinking. I just, yeah. it was very interesting yeah, yeah. that you brought up yeah. that point because yeah, it's you're more engaged as an actor, if you're looking into someone's eyes. Yeah, it's the whole, you know, make eye contact with your scene partner. Before you start a scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I feel like, felt like that kind of fell flat. Um, but that that might be only that particular production. To your point, like, the, the movie doesn't suffer from that. Yeah, but that's just the, the medium. That's the, me- the medium. But you don't have, the thing is, you don't have to... I mean, like, plenty of musicals have the actors face each other while they are in song, you know. It's, they don't have to face the audience. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing was like the lyrics felt clunky for English. Yeah. So I had the insight that perhaps it was because they were translated that the they don't fit right. Like the cadence of the rhythms isn't quite right for English. <laughs> and the rhymes are kind of awkward when they do happen. And the th- so that was something I like disliked. And the other thing was, and again, this particular production, all the um, vocal delivery was very operatic. So all the vowels are very exaggeratedly tall, you know, and made made it difficult for me to like hear the lyrics. Yeah. Um, things I liked about it were specifics. I mean, I like the, the high points of this. Like the really uh, good songs were good. You know, like you know, you mentioned Master of the House. You catching that? That was a good song. That was very cool. Then um, like Bring Him Home, very famous song. Do you hear the people sing? Which I knew about knew that song before I even seen the musical. I think that's like the only melody I really knew from yeah. the show before I saw the movie, which is the right. only time I've seen it. Yeah, and um, what else? I think that's and there's a couple others. I think uh, one day more was pretty. One cool. day more. I think that's actually my favorite. Yeah. Of the I don't know. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, saw that. Then revisited um, the Phantom. I don't remember exactly why. I think actually, on Spotify, there was a suggestion for um, uh, Love Never Dies, which is the sequel to Phantom. 
Um, and you mentioned outside, again outside, prior to the podcast that you had never heard of it, and I mentioned that there's a good reason for that, yeah. which is it's not the plot is essentially fan fiction. Like the characters are like all the character motivations are not right. Basically, they don't match up with what happened in the original. Mm-hmm. So maybe as a standalone, it kind of works. And like the. The, the couple, there's maybe two or three songs that I felt like musically I was engaged with. However, um, I disliked the plot elements and how they rewrote characters yeah. in that in those specific ones too. So, um, yeah. So I but then it led me to revisit Phantom, which yeah. is like in doing so I just realized that yeah that 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 musical is an embarrassment of riches in terms of like memorable melodies uh-huh. it's just so like every single theme is memorable and, re- and it's repeated enough times to, to, to have that effect and they're and the repeats are they're they're brought back in in good context where it makes sense and is very like connected to the plot mm-hmm. so um it's like yeah I revisited how I, I kind of realized in my mind more so why it's so popular and why I liked it yeah Although I've never seen it, still, you still have it, no? No, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of musicals. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some. I saw yeah. Wicked. Okay, yeah. Uh, Which I haven't seen actually. Oh, I saw it on yeah. Broadway. Yeah, dude. it was yeah. great. It was. You should see it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Tried reading the book. Uh, the book's very different. Well, it's oh. very similar, <laughs> but also very different. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't finish it, but I still have it in my room. Maybe yeah. I should read it. I don't know. I saw so in high school. Yeah. Uh, my theater program every year would go to New York yeah. and see two Broadway musicals. So, oh, cool. So I saw Wicked. I saw yeah. Spider-Man the musical. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad I saw it. Okay, uh, yeah. We saw, like, Billy Elliot, Ragtime. Okay. Billy Elliot was amazing. Uh, we saw Gypsy, which I, was actually my least favorite, I think. Because, okay. like, at least, you know, I think the actress who was in Gypsy at the time is somebody who's very big for, like, big musical yeah. nerds. Uh, and I say that with love, musical nerds, uh, not disparagingly. Uh, but I am not that well versed in musicals, so I have no okay. idea who it was. Um, but but Billy Elliot was like, ooh, it was amazing. And then like Spider Man. First of all, the first act of Spider Man is okay. okay. The second act is where it goes off the rails. <laughs> it's fucking insane. They. Uh, they go into this weird space and th- there's just this weird villains that they've created just for the musical. Oh, okay. That, like yeah. don't make sense. And then one of those villains sings about um, shoes. There's literally a song about shoes in a Spider-Man musical. The first act, it's, you know, he fights Green Goblin and yeah, it's okay. a whole spectacle. And they told us at the end of the show that it was the first time they had managed to do the show without having to stop once. Um, and, like, the music's fine. It's Bono and the Edge. Okay. So, you know, like, occasionally I'm a U2 apologist, but also they have the blandest sound. <laughs> you know, they have the most, I don't know, fits in the background of a forgettable commercial sound. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think... He was kind of a, a Edge was kind of a pioneer of the atmospheric sound that's yeah. now turned into more shoegazy. Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot of songs there that I think are amazing, yeah, 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 and course, I think yeah, they yeah. often get more hate than they deserve. 
Uh, well, because I think they're also the definition of sellouts. <laughs> I don't know. Not the <laughs> definition, but like they they do not care. Which also I kind of admire. Yeah, well, I mean, if you do not care, I mean, it's not, it's less of a sellout thing. Right? Yeah. Right? It's like, if you care about commercialism too much, then yeah. 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 But, but you uh, know, like, but you know, I people which... disparage on the whole album that ended up on everyone's eyes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you listened to that album? No. Okay, so I listened to it. Uh, I really liked it. There's okay. a song on that called uh, Raised by Wolves. Okay. It's fucking dope. Uh, everyone, just, look, you have it free on your iTunes. Yeah. This whole album is on your iTunes. Listen just to the song Raised by Wolves and tell me it's not a little bit of a banger at the very least. Okay, cool. It's about, it's about Irish stuff, you know. Okay. The Troubles, I think. The Troubles. I think there's also yeah. a song on one of their new albums called The Troubles. Yeah. Uh, which is also a good song, okay? Yeah, I know yeah. the latest couple albums by you two. <laughs> yeah, did you, I mean, we probably talked about this briefly before, but you've seen, have you seen It Might Get Loud? No. It's uh well it's kind of a guitar nerd thing. It's, okay. it's, it's a documentary, uh, three guitar players. And the, the it's so it's yeah, uh, it's the Edge, uh-huh. it's Jack White, okay. and it's Jimmy Page. I've heard of all of them. Yeah. Like I know who they all. Yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even I know who they all are. Yeah. So they get in the room and they just talk about stuff and but they also do individual segments where they cover their histories and like their yeah. philosophies. The Edge talks about in one specific segment. Um, well, part of it's like, yeah, he talks about, you know, using space and reverb because mm-hmm. that's his thing, you know, and, and I get that. But then he talks about, he talks about writing Bloody, uh, it's like Sunday, Sunday Bloody, Bloody Sunday. Sunday. And it was about that's like, it. yeah, basically IRA terrorism from what yeah. I remember. I think like 80% of their songs are about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, The Edge got an honorary degree at my brother's college graduation. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, my brother went to Berkeley College of Music. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's serious as fuck, yeah. You were were sitting there, and you are like, hmm, I wonder what he was getting from, I don't know, Rutgers. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, Berkeley is serious as shit, man. One day, one day I'll... Do a year there or more. We'll see. It seemed cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't it's just know expensive. Music. It's just expensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know. My um, other brother and I went to public schools. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I I know friends that went there. Like yeah. um. Uh. At least at least two of my friends that go to jams. Yeah. I, I go. I go to jams. They're Berkeley them. band. They're Berkeley yeah. Berkeley people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they're they're both very good musicians. That's like I so. That's cool. I was able to experience firsthand. You know. Uh, what that gets you. Oh, man. Although I don't know if I... Now that you're talking about how good Berkeley is, I feel like it sounded like I was trying to flex when I said my brother went to Berkeley. Oh, no, no. No, No, but... Yeah. No, I'm... You're cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I... This four hours of sleep thing. Um... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any other musicals you're planning on seeing uh, soon or or are super into? I don't know. I mean, I like Ren a lot, so I, okay. that's that's another one that I revisited slightly for, um, for the class. Cause yeah. I don't know. It's like I, I, I'm probably gonna transcribe at least the melodies for a lot of these because I want to get that in my ear and like, and start hearing things better that way. Um, but what else might I watch? Oh, there one one that got mentioned for me specifically because apparently all the people in that class are more knowledgeable knowledgeable about musicals than I am. Was a uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I've heard really good things about that one. Yeah, yeah. And specifically, they mentioned that to me because I said um, I like Rem because a lot of the vocals are very rocky and you know uh-huh. that's. Oh yeah, yeah. I've kind of heard a yeah. little bit about that. Yeah, they have. They apparently have very great, great rock and roll vocals. Okay. So, yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. Wasn't Neil Patrick Harris on that recently? I have no idea. Oh, I, I think he. Anything. 
I think uh, he was yeah. recently. Yeah. I want to say so. Yeah. I don't know. He's he's the darling of the Tonys or something. Oh, okay. I don't know if he is. I'm speaking out of my ass. I already said I'm not a musical nerd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've never watched the Tonys. I've seen... No. I, I feel have. like I've seen parts of one. Yeah. And I didn't know I, what it was at the time. I, I had it recommended to me to like watch a specific performance from I think the seven uh, a, a Tony that was in the Tony's award show that was in the seventies. Oh wow! What was it? What show was it? It's one of those musicals that's about musicals. Well, there's uh, Phantoms before. Was no, after that, no, so this no. is a musical that literally uh, our one guest is or our one listener is is sitting there and they're like. They they know what it is. No, it's a uh, it's a musical, and the whole uh, the whole musical just covers like the making of a musical essentially. It's, it's not the producers, right? No, uh, it's not because that I don't know. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, fuck it, I'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out later. Um, I do remember like the the one year I randomly watched it. The producers, I think maybe it was the revival. Yeah, I've like, still never movie. even seen the movie. Yeah, but that was that was when like I there was um, what was the guy's name? Um, uh, Inspector Gadget. Oh, um, the uh, that's the remake uh, yeah, with yeah. um, Brendan Fraser. No, um, uh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, I yeah. I can tell you I would have gotten that quicker if. Look, I don't know. I'm clearly, uh, <laughs> I'm clearly very loopy. Yeah. I'm also mid googling musicals about musicals. Yeah. Um, which mm, that was my bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big musical nerd to be honest, because I, 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 lo- I like the ones that I've liked. Yeah. You've just. It's just been something that's. Yeah. You've been like paying a lot of attention to recently, especially. Yeah. yeah. Because that class. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a cool class. Yeah. Did you just start it? Yeah, it's uh, we've had two weeks so far, yeah. Okay, that's pretty... So, how long? Eight, eight weeks? Eight weeks, yeah. yeah. So the first week was... Man, I'm trying to... We just talked We talked a lot about like what we liked or didn't like. Yeah. We did some warm-ups, we did some singing, and then we did some improvised, you know, yeah. like very short, just intro. It's like beginning, middle, and end. Uh-huh. So like inciting incident, and then... Or overture, let's say. And then um, some... A middle song where everybody t- speaks about what they're doing, and then you know wrap up. Yeah. And then the, the second week was just kind of uh, uh, types of plots, right? So things like our plot devices or tropes or like the, the the song with the want, you know, the classic musical thing. You know, you can think of that as like Ariel. That's the one I think of when I think of the want song. Yeah. Is Ariel and the Little Mermaid? Um, that is uh, very blatantly about that. Yeah, yeah. But it's you know part of your world. Yep. Part of your yeah. world. Yeah. So I think of that. I know my Little Mermaid song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's a great. That's a great fucking documentary. It's called um, uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. Waking Sleeping Beauty. Which is about um, Disney. Like they had a downturn a little bit. Oh yeah, and, and then there was the like nineties, the nineties revival. revival. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. started with Little Mermaid, and they talk a lot about that. Because I think that and, one came out technically in like eighty nine yeah. or something. And I think they have they have yeah. some. Man, this is like this is like really emotional. They had a they had, I think it was in the extras. They had some um, footage of Tim Rice as the lyricist, I believe. Right? Am I right? I thought it was Alan. What's his face? Alan, Alan. Menken. Uh, yeah, me, Alan Menken. Let me just take a look because I don't I don't remember exactly. And I, Dude, I'm like I want to like get ninety percent certain that we're talking. I do. I do want to get. I just want to get it right. So yeah. the thing. So um, they had some. Uh, they had some footage of him talking, and you know it was Alan Menken. Sorry, did he? Yeah, did he? 
die like right afterwards? Uh, well, he also he went on to do Pocahontas and Aladdin and Beauty yeah. and the Beast, and Pocahontas came out in '95. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I'm seeing all these other things. He composed the scores for the latest one I'm seeing here is Sausage Party, which came out in 2016. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's still alive. No, so there's somebody that actually like died right afterwards. Maybe it's Ashman. Race? Ashman. This is a good podcasting. We're both looking at our phones. Yeah, we're looking at our phones. We're great at this. Oh, no, it was, it was Ashman. It's Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman. Who yeah, is yeah. Howard Ashman? Tell me about Howard Ashman. He's the... I'm not going to Google it. He's the, he was mainly the lyrics, the lyricist for that, actually. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, he was just talking about that. And I think, like, yeah, there was a moment afterwards that they were discussing, you know, um, how they had to stop filming or something like that. Or The Little Mermaid? Because no, 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 no. It was like they, they were discussing, like, that, that particular segment where they have him talking. And, oh. and the guy was, like, thinking back, you know, thinking back to his memories of it is, like, you know, if he if they had known, you know, they would just let him keep talking for a lot longer because you know, they yeah. just miss him, you know. So that was kind of sad, That's but sad. but it was um I I you know I remember that um that documentary. It's a good it's a good one. Sounds interesting. So um yeah, out. like the want song, but yeah. So that the second week, yeah, we just worked through um like types of plots or types of mm-hmm. narrative structures, kind of like the. Just, so we're talking about. Um, like the classical musical is uh, mainly about one person. Everybody's either either helping them or hurt, like yeah. hurting them in, in their in their journey or or quest or whatever. And then we talk about like classic a hero's journey. Yeah. And then uh, a modern one is more like Rent, where where it follows several characters. Yeah. And they they all kind of interweave. Bit of an ensemble. Yeah. More production. Yep. And then there's kind of a couple things with narrators. Like there's one where the narrator is like. The inside man, he's like the the unimportant character that observes everything. And then there's another one which is oh, it's not so much a narrator, but it's about a single person, but it's from the from the other people's perspective, like Jesus uh, Christ Superstar. So kind of a, a choir led yeah. choir narrator. It's like it's like Greek like voice. like JCS is about Jesus, but everybody, but Jesus Christ himself doesn't actually. He, he's much. not in control of the yeah, it's the like, way the story's told. Yeah, everybody else is you know singing about him, how they relate to him. So uh, not to bring back Spider Man the musical, uh, clearly but, the but, most memorable. But musical two, but to bring it back, and to bring it back, to bring it back. So it's narrated, kind of, yeah. by uh, this group of characters they call the Geek Chorus. Okay, yeah, uh, as a play off the Greek chorus. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bunch of kids. <laughs> Reading comic books. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's so weird. That is so good. Uh, just a quick reminder, it was directed by the Julie Tamor, who directed the Lion King musical. So, you know, she's got credentials. Yeah. And she, then she got fired off that musical because it was a huge bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's probably less her fault and more just like the idea of women yeah. in general. Uh, I'm glad they made it. I have the poster for it up in my room that I got like signed by the whole cast. Oh, nice! Yeah. yeah. What's crazy is so. Have you ever seen that show, Penny Dreadful? No, no. Uh, the guy who plays Spider-Man in Spider-Man the Musical shows up in the TV show Penny Dreadful, which is great. It's really if you like like gothic Victorian era kind of spiritualism and horror. Oh. It's basically like there's a vampire who I think is the Spider-Man character. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Reeve Carney, I think his name is. I I don't know, but I think that one. I'm trying to remember. I think he's the vampire. There's a Josh Hartnett's in it, mm. playing a, a werewolf, mm. which I think is a spoiler technically. 
You either go. Yeah. I think at the end of the first episode, it's revealed that he's been the werewolf that's been killing people. But he's I also see. like the hero. Yeah. And then there's, uh, or he's one of the heroes because Ava Green's really the breakout star of that show. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know Ava Green? I remember her from uh, Casino Royale. Right? Okay. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I yeah, believe yeah. so. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, one of my favorite parts of the cast is uh, Timothy Dalton. Ah. He like plays like the old guy who kind of has them all together. There's there's a Frankenstein's monster. There's Frankenstein's bride. It's a whole. It's a great show. Yeah, Tim Dalton is like one of the. Um, yeah, he's one of the darker James Bond. Yeah, yeah, I kind of. Yeah. Like I kind of love his. I think he would make such a good Bond villain now. Yeah. Did you ever watch that show, Chuck? No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I, I do know about it. Yeah. He was he became like a pretty important character in that show oh, yeah. because he was a villain for a while in that yeah. show. And it was awesome because it's a spy show. Yeah. It was James Bond playing the villain. And he was so – like I, I, I don't remember any of the Dalton Bond movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. But just every time I've seen – I think – he might have my favorite post Bond career. Oh yeah, of the of the Bonds. Like I'm, I'm a Pierce Brosnan guy because that was just when I grew up. That's I know the era. Yeah, Double Seven. Yeah, uh, especially Gold. Yeah, Golden at the game. Right. Yeah. I well, see. So here's the weird thing: is a lot of Bond fans and just people in general are aren't always big on Pierce Brosnan because uh, Golden Eye yeah. is really his only good movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I put that in quotation marks. Um, but I grew up and I. I hadn't seen Goldeneye. I was mostly just rewatching Tomorrow Never Dies yeah. and The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. Which aren't like the most well best reviewed Bond movies. Right. But those are my two favorite two of my favorites. Yeah. I like a lot of the bad Bond movies. Interesting. Diamonds yeah. Are Forever is like my other favorite. Um I haven't seen all of them. I will say I really enjoyed the um the the, the two that uh, that's that Daniel Craig at the start. Oh yeah. Um Quantum of Solace? Quantum of Solace. Which you liked Quantum of Solace? It was okay. Like, it, okay. Was, it was like... I mean, you're entitled to your It was okay. Um, but I really liked Casino Royale. Yeah. That was... I haven't seen that since uh, it was in theaters, honestly. I know a lot of... I think in hindsight, it's it's often considered... Because I think people are... People are kind of turning on Skyfall, I feel like. Because I, I think... Skyfall, when it came out, it was a big, it was a big deal. It was okay. People were obsessed with it, and I think it's I a know. decent movie. Like so, so. What but I think was, Casino Royale stuck with people more is what I'm saying. Yeah, Casino Royale was like, yeah, it was. It's like it's it's, it's like it feels it, it feels like this is what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, it's, it's dark. You know, it's it's a lot darker than than the than the Pierce Brosnan stuff, um, especially. Yeah. Well, that's. I don't know. See, I grew up with Bond as kind of this goofy yeah, yeah, dude, goofy and I kind of liked that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I love, um, what's his face? Uh, what, Roger Moore, then? You probably like I actually haven't seen as much Roger Moore, um, but I think I've liked what I've seen. I recently realized, I think all the Bond movies are on Hulu+. Plus. Oh, shit. Man. So I, I was thinking about watching one of them, yeah, like yeah, yeah. a Roger Moore or a Timothy Dalton, because they're the ones that I've probably seen the least. Who was the, um, who was the in-between one? There was one that... Uh, the was... one guy, he was, a, he was Australian. I'm blanking yeah. on his name. I'm blanking on his name as well. Oh, so. fuck. Uh, that was, what, was that Never Say Never Again? No, I don't no. know. Was that a Bond Maybe it movie? was. Never Say... Like, it ha- oh, man. I'm, I'm not great I'm with like Bond so... movies. Um, I feel like I watched them a lot as a kid, and yeah. now I don't know them as well. There was a brief period when um, when Netflix Hall had all of them. I didn't no, get to binge man. all of them, but I um, I did watch a lot of them. Yeah, uh, it's because I, I I don't know. I'd love to. 
I've seen more of them. I think I definitely liked a lot of the Roger Moore ones. Did he do Live and Let Die? I Was that a Roger Moore? Because that's another one of my favorites. A lot of my weird ones... A lot of my favorite ones are weird ones. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm looking at this because... Okay, so the one that was different, the, the one that was in between is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Never Say Never Again, I think, is the one that wasn't made by the same company. I think it's the off-brand one, okay, and they got yeah, yeah. Sean Connery, but it technically uh, isn't in the Bond-verse or whatever. Right, right, because it's not by Eon for... Yeah. Is it Eon? Jesus. Like, uh... Dude, I don't This I don't is this is, this is the best podcast. I'm, like, looking at my phone <laughs> I'm trying to figure out... Ladies and gentlemen, the XYZ podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, this doesn't we're Mumblecore, dude. This doesn't even That's have, right. like, the, um... The, uh... Um... <laughs> The a list of actors like straight up because I, you would think that. Uh, what are you looking for, dude? What I'm are just you trying googling? to. Who, who are you bad at googling? Who was the name of? What's the name of that? Uh, that the the Bond for on her. Oh man! Somebody's screaming into their headphones right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Somebody. Just, they're screaming at us. All right, I'm just George gonna... Lazenby. George Lazenby. He was a model from Australia. Yeah. That's all I know about him. I remember watching a documentary and they actually, they were like, they, they, they thought he was, he might be gay actually. Oh yeah? Because he wore kind of like fluffy shirts and that was a thing at the time. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we should be judging people's sexuality or determining it for them by based the off the fluffiness of their shirt. shirts. I don't know. Um, I guess Seinfeld in that one episode, uh, I guess yeah. that was a puffy shirt. But it, yeah, I mean, this was 1969. <laughs> yeah. And, Things were weird, so... Mm, summer of Love. That was 69, right? I don't know. Yeah. Dude, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. Um, I actually... I did like that one, though. I don't... I, if I, I've I seen it, I don't remember it. We had a bunch of them on VHS. Yeah. Uh, growing up. And I... Do not remember them. I do remember that... And I used to be really disappointed by this, but there was one... We had one, because all the Bond movies had the same look to the VHS. Yeah. And we had another movie that had the same exact look, and then I'd open it up, and I was always disappointed by it, because it wasn't a Bond movie. Uh. <laughs> but as I grew older, and like learned more about film noir, I realized I wish I had seen that movie years ago, because it was Humphrey Bogart in oh. Big Sleep. Oh, uh, okay. Which is the movie that... Have you seen The Big Sleep? No. Have you seen mm. Big Lebowski? Yes. Big Lebowski, very... like. Loosely based off an insane nihilistic version of um, The Big Sleep. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Where the dude is Humphrey Bogart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a great movie. It's a weird movie. There's a scene where he just goes into a bookstore and then he sees this woman uh, who's at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I guess it's raining outside and then they just fade to black and then they fade back in and her glasses are off and it's very clear that because it's during the Hayes code but it's very clear she and she and Humphrey Bogart probably had some sex uh, <laughs> uh, and this was in the 40s uh, it was fun and it's it's Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and they first of all they they were a real life couple okay, uh, yeah. one of those weird Hollywood ones where he was about 20 years older than her Okay, yeah. but like I think they were together till his death look Okay, I understand. Humphrey Bogart, we all know, like, 
He's a bit of a misogynist. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. Maybe he's not 100% the best person in the world. I fucking love Humphrey Bogart. He's so interesting to me. I don't know. <laughs> I, just as a performer, I don't know. I feel like he defined, probably for the worse, a generation of men. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably for the worse. Oh. That's but funny. somehow, I just find him fascinating. Oh, that's oh. hilarious. So I toxic mean, masculinity works. <laughs> I mean... No, no. I mean, like, it's influential. Yeah. I don't know. I, look, look. the thing is, the society was already bought into it, so yeah. I don't... Uh, yeah. Well, so here's the fun thing about Humphrey Bogart, is that uh, he was essentially playing a character yeah. in his life. Oh, yeah? Because he was just a weird theater kid. Oh, okay. And then he realized that, like, that wasn't playing as much, and then he sort of got this image as this... Tough guy in movies, uh, so. and so he he just he just began living that. Yeah, it was it was it's he it's very it much he, it, he, fa- he faked but, it till he made it. But yeah. he still probably was faking it till he died. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Well, he's also famous for I think it was the African Queen, where he and the director, like everybody on set, got really sick because they were all drinking the water, except for Humphrey Bogart and the director, who I think. What's his name? The John Ford, probably? I don't know. Um, uh, they didn't get sick, because instead of drinking water, they were just constantly drinking whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a... Look, every story about Humphrey Bogart has a tinge of misogyny to it, because the, because Catherine Hepburn, the other star of that movie, was just like in a feud with him and John Ford the entire time, and one of the things she was pissed off about was the fact that they were both drunk the whole time. Yeah. But they also stayed healthy because they were drunk the whole time. It was a weird... The 40s were weird, dude. Um, uh, yeah. Maybe we should move on from Humphrey Bogart. The past. Oh, the past. The past. Oh, man. The past. Let the past die. Kill it if you must. <laughs> God. Is that Shakespeare? No, no, this is... What is that from? That's, that's the last Jedi. That's fucking Kylo Ren. Yeah, it was Shakespeare. It was Shakespeare. <laughs> let, let, let the past yeah, you die. Know. Oh god, why did I think that was Shakespeare? Um, because the way I delivered it, I guess. Uh, I, I I only remember it because I was reading an article about um, how the, the author just loved that line because he's you know he very philosophically believes that's what needs to happen for, for Star Wars, the franchise to move forward. I mean, that's very true. Is that Ryan Johnson? Um, the author of the article is not, but the, oh. yes, the director of the movie was. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I thought you meant the, the guy who wrote that line. Oh no! I'm talking about. I read an article about somebody who loved that line. Okay. Who was outside? Well, I I fully believe in Ryan Johnson to be. I know a lot of Star Wars fans are not all up on big fans of Ryan Johnson because I don't know. How do you feel about the Last Jedi? Um, I think they made a couple of bad choices. Uh huh. I mean, like, yeah. Specifically, I think like plot wise, I don't like it that much. Uh huh. But I don't. You know, I'm obviously in the camp. I don't care that you know I like that they have more diversity in their characters and everything but I think plot wise there's there's some things that I'm like this makes not very much sense yeah I don't so the stuff that about like the Luke stuff where where he's um, a depressed and you know like cut off or isolate a hermit whatever that's cool I'm cool with that yeah I'm cool with um, let's see I mean, I'm just trying to think through other things that are controversial about that movie mm-hmm. um 
What else is there? I, I think that's a big one. That's a big that, one. That's a big one. I don't know. My big thing is I just don't care about that one storyline where they go to the casino. Oh, the casino. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I, I think overall I like that movie. Though, I will say, I actually haven't seen it since it was in theaters. Right, right. But I appreciate, I feel like it's the opposite of everyone's complaints about The Force Awakens. And I think probably for the better. Yeah. Um, because of that. Because yeah. uh, The Force Awakens had this very... I don't know Marvel feel to it in the sense that all Marvel movies are just kind of a little bit this, just a retread of what yeah. of of what oh, they know audiences want. Oh, the start. Force Awakens definitely was, and yeah. I liked it for it. But like at the same time, I knew that it yeah. was that. I don't think it took any risks, yeah. and I think the Last Jedi made a lot of bold moves. Yeah, uh, that oh the other I one appreciated. right. The other one I'm remembering now is that like Ray's parentage is like not a non-issue. Yeah, that, I don't. I, that's I'm what not, I wanted. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, the, I feel like everybody on like the message boards or whatever was. Oh man, like I hope they just don't like. We don't want everyone to be in the same family because that's not what this is about. And then that movie happened, and everyone was like, "She's a nobody." She's yeah. Oh, no. it's so stupid. No, yeah. I think that was the best way to do it. And then yeah, that fight I, scene might have been the best part of that movie. Was that fight scene? Yeah, uh, right after. Uh, was it Snoke? Oh yeah, yeah. When Snoke bites, and they fight the yeah, yeah. all the red people. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not completely like, oh, like. I'm okay with Snoke biting it. That's fine. But yeah. like, I felt like they could. You know, it's a bit of a waste. It, of potential. it did feel like a, some wasted potential. But also, yeah. there was a part of me that just watching that movie, I could tell like Ryan Johnson was making a few moves that were just. Yeah, we shouldn't. J.J. Abrams shouldn't have made that move. Is I think what he was like thinking. Yeah. Like when they bur- when they immediately just threw away the mask because I think it was certain moves that it was just he wants this to be a different kind of movie. He yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't want it to be a retread. He doesn't want it to be The Empire Strikes Back the same way that The Force Awakens was yeah. a New Hope. Yeah. Uh, and I I don't know. I appreciate it. I think. I don't know. It had this whole theme of because everything's a failure, but at the very end, there's a spark of hope. Yeah, I kind of d- dug that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I so the the, the things that I disliked about it. Let's yeah. see, is that it, it felt a little bit too long. It felt like a, there's, oh, it was way too long. Yeah, there was like a couple. Yeah, there was like f- like three or three or four times where I think, okay, this is gonna be in the movie, right? Uh-huh. And then it wasn't, and then it kept on going, and I'm like, okay. yeah, it did end like eight times if I remember. Yeah, it, it tried to end like it seemed like it was gonna end a lot. The other thing actually was um, specifically uh, Admiral Holo's character. Like I didn't think they Lord wrote Dern. her well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord Dern. I, yeah, and actually the characters. Yeah, yeah. Laura Dern is the actor, and Admiral Holo is the um, the character. Um, but I think they, I, didn't, I didn't think they wrote her effectively because I'm, I, they didn't write her as an effective leader. Yeah, I. I don't know. I, I had to rewatch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I haven't. I mean, the specific issue. I think I think it says something about the movie that I haven't had the urge to. But also, right. I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy. Right. I don't know. Like like for me specifically, that 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 sequence or that storyline of um, her uh, putting or like I don't you know reprimanding putting down um, uh, it's Poe right yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Oscar yeah, Isaac's yeah. Character. It's almost like there could have been more communication. That's why I inspired more. Yeah, I was like, leader. I'm like, yeah, I'm just thinking like you're just recently promoted, essentially, yeah. and um, like not everybody's sure about you. You should be able to tell as a leader, right? You're, you're yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't just assume that. And yeah. then then you should communicate your plan. 
Because if you did, like, then it wouldn't have leaked. The whole movie wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't have leaked, essentially. Yeah. So I, di- I dislike that because I'm like, that's not effective leadership. I mean, I'm, like, I'm okay with her dressing the guy down, but, like, at the same time, then you should need to communicate what you have in mind. Yeah. Because, like, the later, like, at first, you know, I get it, and but then later, like, he's, the complaint's legitimate. It's like, you're not telling us what the fuck you're doing. So, like, what are you doing, you know? Then we wouldn't have had to go to the casino, and I just, oh, man. Yeah. Look, I just, like, I wanted those characters to have something cool to do, and yeah. I don't think going to the casino was the cool thing to right. do. Uh, that whole sequence felt straight out of the prequels to me, uh, <laughs> in the worst way. It felt like, it yeah. felt like something that, uh, like, uh, an adventure Hayden Christensen and Nat- Natalie Portman would have been in. The two, my two least favorite characters in the prequels. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, just like, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that was... I don't think I had as much of a problem with that sequence as much, yeah. but but it never needed to happen because it was yeah, uh, this was, whole thing. I don't know. It, uh, so that that was... that, that was, Those are my issues with the film, right? Yeah. It's like, um, to, re- to recap, it's... Um, yeah, the pacing with the multiple endings. It's paced real yeah. weird, yeah. And then um, just, yeah, Holdo not being written effectively <laughs> in terms of being an effective leader. Yeah. So those are the main things. I hate I, I just hate that like now Star Wars nerds think Ryan Johnson's a bad director. I just think like because he was one of my favorite directors going into it. I loved have you seen Brick? No. No. Uh so good. It's from two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so like I'm a big fan of film noir. I've already spoken about how yeah. I feel about Humphrey Bogart. Uh wonderful performer. Probably bad person. Definitely bad person. Um, <laughs> um, maybe not the model we should choose for masculinity, but uh, kind of still a fun model. Uh, mm, okay. Uh, look, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. Um, anyways, so the movie Brick takes place in a high school. Okay. But it's a it's like a neo-noir and they're all high schoolers, and they're speaking in that fun, quick-witted way that every character in a film noir is speaking. And it's kind of got, like, the little, like, the, the stereotypical film noir kind of soundtrack to it. And it's, like, uh, they're all taking themselves very seriously, but they're all high school students. Oh, sounds amazing. And, uh, like, there's this whole plot about, oh, man, it's so good. It's a little slow, but I think it's so good. And, um, uh... Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, has been in every Ryan Johnson movie. Maybe he wasn't in Force Awakens, but maybe I think they he probably... Cam- I think he had a cameo. Not in Force Awakens last Jedi. I'm sure he had a cameo. Because, yeah. like, the Brothers Bloom, he just had a cameo in. And then Looper, he also starred in. Yeah. Have you seen Looper? No. Because I feel like that was his biggest movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, Brothers Bloom is kind of like a... Uh, it feels like a little Wes Anderson-y, but it, it, and it's kind of... It's about con men, but it kind of has, like, a... A Tintin vibe? Do you remember Tintin comics? No. No. Oh, it's just like they're going on adventures, okay. and they're they're it, uh, like it's a fun little thing with yeah. like uh, Mark Ruffalo, okay. Adrian Brody, and Rachel Weiss, uh, Daniel Craig's wife. Yeah, yeah, I love Rachel Weiss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's so good. I mainly remember her in uh, Shape of Things. Shape of Things. You haven't seen that? I think it's it's Paul Rudd, and Rachel Weiss. I don't know. I I remember her from The Mummy. And uh, the lobster. the lobster. I haven't seen the shape. Have you? Do you? Have you seen the lobster? No, I've never seen the it's lobster. Fucking crazy, dude. Uh, I haven't seen the mummy. I don't think either. You haven't seen the mummy? I'm not talking about the new Tom Cruise shitty one. I know. You, I'm talking you, about the Brendan Fraser good one. No. Okay. 
she's a lead in that movie. She's okay, great. cool. I yeah. think that was like her, one of her, that was like her big blockbuster mm-hmm. breakthrough. Uh, but Looper is this cool time travel movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. and Bruce Willis playing the same character but at different places in their lives. Okay. Um, and I like talk to people who have problems with the writing of the movie, but I think it's cool. And Emily Blunt's in it. Mm-hmm. Emily Blunt's great in everything. Uh-huh. Um, it's weird. Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks so weird in it because they didn't make Bruce Willis look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They made Joseph Gordon-Levitt look like Bruce Willis. Okay, he's wearing yeah. like these weird contacts. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's pretty, pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like a fun little time travel movie, and like any, like it's the the reason people some people have problems with the script is that you know it's just the same problems anybody has with the time travel script. Yeah. Uh, but there is like a scene where Bruce Willis is in a diner with Joseph Gordon-Levitt explaining time travel. And he's just, yeah, uh, we shouldn't explain it. He, he, he does that kind of excuse. Yeah. But so there's this really cool scene where uh, the old version of Paul Dano's character. Okay. Paul Dano's in it. Yeah. Um, I remember him from There Will Be Blood. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Where he plays twins. This is another yeah. situation where there's two characters who are Paul Dano. But one's an old guy yeah. and is not Paul Dano. Uh, so there's a scene where the old version of Paul Dano uh, is loose in the past. So they capture the young version of Paul Dano, and and then they like they just capture him. It's like a, a bunch of criminals, and then they just follow the old version of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the camera just follows him, and you slowly see him just losing body parts mm-hmm. because they're cutting off the body parts on the young version. It's such a good scene. Wow. And then and then they're just like, meet us here or we will continue to do this. Because they're not killing the young version uh, because they don't want to undo this guy's whole life. Yeah. But um, it, they need to damage him enough to yeah. send a message. Uh, basically by the time he comes back to the place because they're trying to they're trying to kill him. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's basically completely limbless, doesn't have a nose, but they're they're all healed over because it's been decades. Since yeah, these have happened to him. That's very uh, cool. It's like if if you don't want to watch the movie, just YouTube that scene because it's kind of a fun scene. Yeah. Oh, speaking of time travel plots, I remember one one of the ones I actually like. Uh, this is kind of maybe uh, obscure-ish. Is uh, Beast Wars? Did you ever watch that? I watched Transformers Beach Wars. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's Transformers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. Okay. Maybe this is spoilers, but... Dude, no, I I don't care. So, um, <laughs> well, it's a big plot point that um, after the first season, which is mostly just like episodic and, uh-huh. you know, just the adventures of everybody not doing anything very yeah. well. Um, after the first season, um, there's some stuff that happens. And I think one moon blows up because originally the planet had two moons. And then Waspinator looks at it, and it's like, one more now. And then it's like, everybody's like, oh, it means it's Earth. Wait, so the moon that blew up was Earth? No, 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 the moon that blew up was an artificial one. Oh, so they were on Earth the whole time. They were on Earth the whole time. And they revealed it. Oh, man, yeah, it's, just like, it's just like the ending of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, so they reveal that they've been on Earth. Spoiler. For, um, for the second season. So this is going to be spoilers for the whole thing, right? Yeah. We talked to Carlos about this. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers! Fuck spoilers! But, like, fuck people who But care. hey, hey, we've alerted you. Yeah. We fucking alerted you, so... No, um, I don't think anyone's going to watch this. Yeah. So, uh... Go for it. 
So in in the um, in the second season, there's a actually this is one of the best episodes, uh, Code of Hero, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is like Dinobots uh, exit uh, from from this life, right? Mm-hmm. His, his sacrifice. So um, the premise of it is uh, okay. This is actually very cool. I like I, I really like these plot details because they're very cool. So they um they, they reference the golden disc a lot in the uh, in previous episodes, right? And what is the golden disc? It is a Voyager disc. Oh fuck! So yeah, so the, I know what that yeah. is. So, so the plot is that. So in case you don't know about the Voyager disc, it's like. Wait, when, this is this the plot of Star Trek: The Motion Picture? A little bit. <laughs> There's a little bit to it. Yeah. But but yeah. So I mean, if you don't know, like Voyager, um, the space probes were sent out with basically discs of art and music and media from mm. from uh, the, from Earth's time, right? Yeah. So in in Beast Wars they have the Golden Disc, which is a Voyager disc, and the plot of that particular episode is that Megatron, he pulls out a disc. He found a, an exact mountain, right? That that he uh, he matches the mountain from the disc, and to the one in in real life in in his time. And so he's like, okay, I want to see if the future is changeable. So he takes a rocket launcher and he blows up the mountain. Right? Yeah. And it changes in the disc. Disc flickers and it changes. He's like, so the past is, so the future is mutable, right? Mm-hmm. And D- Dinobot from afar observes this and he knows what's about to go down, which is actually the rest of the episode is the, um, uh, the, well, I forget what they're called, but the, oh, the Predacons, right? The, the, the evil side. They go and try to murder pr- pr- proto humans, right? So that humans oh. will never come to be. Our, our, the missing link. Yeah. They were trying to kill them. Yeah, so um, so basically Dinobot is on, like, he calls in the reinforcements, uh-huh. but he knows that they're not going to be there in time, so he goes all one-man army on everybody else trying to try to beat them, and that's his, you know, final sacrifice. Now, yeah. so here's my question. Have you watched the show recently? Uh, I just remember it very well. You clearly, yeah. yeah. I, so here's the thing. I watched it, but, yeah. I mean, I'm younger than I, you. I, I watched so it in I, sequence. I, that's why yeah. I remember it, yeah. I don't um, remember all the episodes from, like, Season one because they're all kind of episodic, forgettable things. Yeah, that, like but it's self-contained plots, right? I kind of love when like kids' cartoons do that, where they kind of just yeah. There's I don't know because I'm a big fan of a superhero cartoon. I've yeah. watched a lot of those, like uh, uh, the Justice, anything in the Bruce Tim verse. Uh, but uh, a lot of the early stuff in that is a little bit more episodic. Yeah, but um, so that's like Batman the animated series, yeah, Superman yeah, yeah, the animated yeah. series, Justice League. And Justice League Unlimited, but like Justice League Unlimited especially is very episodic, yeah. uh, or it's not very episodic. It's very serialized. It's serialized, yeah. yeah. And there's like a an overarching thing, but they have they have little vignettes. Yeah, like it's easy to just watch any random episode, um, even though kind of I think a lot of those episodes might be two parters. Yeah, but um, but also like the show Young Justice, which is a similar kind of yeah. show. Uh, does the same thing. I'm yeah. sorry. I always yeah. bring in superheroes when I want to. But you know, I mean, uh, but but yeah, yeah. like I love when I don't know or Avatar: The Last Airbender yeah. or uh, have you heard of the show Steven Universe? No, this is a much newer one. Uh, this is very, like it's still going on, but there's an overarching yeah to that one. Yeah, that's kind of this whole epic space war. Yeah, uh, that's kind of really fucking dope. Uh, but I remember as a kid, the Transformers that I watched was, was Beast Wars. Wars. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but I don't remember it. I was very into transforming action figures. As a yeah, kid, though. I, I I watched the original Transformers. That was my like my my childhood watching. Yeah, and then I remember not liking Beast Wars initially when I watched it as a kid. It had that bad '90s CGI, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of bad, and also like I'm like you went from cars and airplanes and like really cool stuff and like space vehicles to uh-huh. like animals, and like that's not interesting to me. So here's my thing. Yeah. I was more of an animal kid growing up. Yeah. So that, for me, was the best. Yeah. <laughs> but, see, the thing is, when I rewatched it as, like, an adult... Yeah. Uh, this was in college, actually. I just, like... I kind of... I, I might have binged it, but I definitely watched it in series. I, so I did something similar yeah. where I revisited some cartoons in yeah. college that I, like, had watched as a kid. Yeah. I did that with animated... Batman animated series, for example, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I did that with the Justice League shows, yeah. and I did that with X-Men Evolution. Yeah. Not the classic 90s yeah. one, but, spoiler alert, the classic 90s one was aesthetically cool, but it, it sucked. Okay, yeah. Uh, X-Men Evolution, the one that I watched as a, as a child... Uh, actually, it was good. Yeah, for me, actually, X Men, the classic one, I, I remember like seeing episodes of it like yeah. randomly, and I could never understand what the fuck was going on because it was actually over serialized. It was yeah. too difficult to get into any particular episode. Um, but yeah, evolution so, might have yeah. been similar. Oh no, I think it, it it like it played a good balance. I don't know. Yeah, but um, so I uh, yeah, so Beast Wars, like I rewatched it, and like the writing is actually very good. Yeah, the writing. I mean, it cap. You know, it's got that good mix of humor and drama, but also like. Like, Dinobot is, is, is essentially a Shakespearean character. He's the one that quotes Shakespeare a lot, actually. He's like, you know, when he when he tries to figure out, um, at first, you know, uh, when all the shit goes down and, like, mm-hmm. there's only one moon, I think he's the one that Ostmaner kind of is talking to. Yeah. And he's like, then he thinks about this and he goes off. He's like, to be or not to be. And it's like, you know, is time, you, you know, is the, is the future changeable or not? Although that's not what to be not to be was originally about. I love but. the idea of like kids in the nineties being exposed to Shakespeare for the first time through Dinobot, <laughs> fucking Dinobot. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> I, I don't know right now, so I'm gonna hide the discs, you know, because he's like, yeah, do I need? I could destroy them, and end and end any possibility of that, or I could, you know, but he doesn't know, so he hides them. So, and then um, then you know his sacrifice, you know, is a big thing. And, uh, oh yeah, I think he like kind of quotes Hamlet too. He's like, tell my story, you know, the good and the bad, that type of thing. Yeah. Where in Hamlet, he, Horatio said, or he, Hamlet tells that to Horatio. He has that part. And actually like the beginning of that episode is like him actually thinking about committing like, like samurai, uh, uh, suicide, seppuku. Yeah. Cause he's like, oh, I kind of betrayed both sides. I don't have anywhere I belong type deal. Oh, man. He sounds like a tragic character. He's a good character. He's a very I'm good a, character. I want to check that out. He sounds very yeah. gray area. I yeah. know. I'm into it. Yeah, because he... I might watch the show. I, there are, like, yeah. 80 other shows that I want to yeah. watch. But, yeah. <laughs> he's. I mean, he's the character that, like, he defects from the Predacons in the first episode to the Maximals. And uh, I never got the that The Maximals. Yeah. I love it. I love the it. Maximals. The Maximals and the Predacons yeah. instead of the Autobots and Decepticons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually never knew that until I rewatched it in series because I, I was like, I, I never got that part. I just assumed he was a maximal, but it's like he's a lizard, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. But he, he's a very stereotypical, like, Klingon warrior honor dude. Yeah. Ooh, and you love those kind of characters. Yeah, those are good characters, but I mean, Is he's... Worf your favorite Star Trek character? I've kind of gotten that feeling. But I, oh no, Data. You're very much a Data mm, guy. I want to say, dude, I actually want to say. I, I love DS9. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's gonna be a character I don't know. I wanna. I almost want to say Cisco, actually. Okay, yeah, I don't know who that is. 
No, that's the cap. That's the captain from from DS9 or the, the lead. Okay, I've never watched. Well, that's Avery Brooks. I'm sure as a child I saw some episodes of DS9 because my dad was watching it. Yeah. Uh, my memory of it is none. I remember like the opening sequence where you kind of get a look at the space station. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's about all I remember. But yeah. I I remember like that looked so cool as a kid. That yeah. Opening. I love the opening to like the the old the classic Star Treks like the the nineties eighties nineties Star Treks yeah yeah and even like the sixties one I just love the Star Trek theme and everything because yeah. there is this sense of wonder and things yeah. are big yeah and then there was a really shitty opening to Star Trek Enterprise which oh, is yeah. just like it's been a long like actually, it's just like a power not a yeah, power ballad it is a power ballad actually yeah. yeah I mean I when I I hated it at the time yeah. when it first came out but I think there's a cheesy fun to it yeah when I rewatched it yeah. I'm like okay I, I actually like this song it kind of fits to it. I mean, I, I you know, it's cheesy, but it's also, like, about the first, you know, the first yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, it's about, like, the pioneers. So, and so the, it makes yeah. sense. And, I, you know, it's cheesy, but, yeah, it's got, that's that's what the images are all about, which is, you know, the the early, you know, people on yeah. ships and explorers and, you know, shows uh, shows the shuttle, for example. I, I just that. feel like, like, the tones, like the do, 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 do. And, like, being out in the stars. <laughs> yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like it gives off this feeling of we're at the edge of the universe yeah. and like the whole of Star Trek is just this idea of like it, I feel like it just pushes the boundaries of infinity yeah uh, which I just like that's when sci-fi can be the best yeah um, ooh 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 I need a perfect discovery you, but go ahead I haven't uh, remember how I kind of want to talk about this guy Grant Morrison oh yeah I yeah. feel like I'm pushing into this now we're, we're also yeah coming up to the end of the time oh fuck yeah, yeah it's like one away but do it yeah okay yeah, yeah, okay yeah, definitely, definitely okay do it uh, oh man because I was just going to say I really like fiction where they push the boundaries of infinity Yeah. and so I'm really excited I'm really stoked about Grant Morrison at the moment he's this comic book writer uh, and so like I, I'm always stoked about him he's one of my favorites but I feel like he's kind of taken he hasn't taken a total break but he just like hasn't written a big book in a while uh, that like lots of people are reading uh but I just bought an issue on my way to this podcast oh, yeah. of his new book, which is because like I really like the way he takes on superheroes. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so he's writing Green Lantern now for the first time. Okay. Well, he wrote a Justice League book a while ago. That's the only time he really wrote Green Lan- Green Lantern. Uh, but he's like he. I feel like he really pushes the boundaries of what like superhero fiction can be. Okay. Yeah. Um, like he every character he's done I feel like he's evolved that character which is very hard to do uh-huh, yeah. in superhero in, in, in superhero comics because yeah. they're all there's, so, it's there's so much history yeah there's so yeah. much history too but the thing is because he will touch on every end of that character's history so in the late 2000s in like 2006 mm-hmm. through 11 or so he wrote he was the main Batman guy okay yeah uh, and uh, so he's this Scottish writer who got to start in the 80s in comic books and in 2000s they finally like made him the main Batman guy and he basically his whole Batman run is like the trippiest fucking Batman run and he goes he his philosophy on the character is he just takes every single thing that has happened in Batman's uh, history is up for game and that includes like the 40s the 50s the 60s oh. a lot of the Batman stuff a lot of superhero stuff that like is just out there and weird and there are no boundaries to it and he just says all of this is valid and I'm gonna have to find a way to modernize it so that it makes sense in the yeah. modern capacity so like yeah. there's a character called the Batman of Zurin 
R. And so the Batman of Zernar in the original comic is uh, from like the 50s is Batman looks out to uh, he, he, he sees in like a telescope, a telescope all the way across the universe and he like is looking at this weird alien planet called Zer in R. Okay. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And there's this guy uh, in like a purple Batman shoot, suit running around in like this wacky alien Batman <laughs> suit uh, doing all these things. Yeah. It like doesn't make sense uh, in, in continuity. Yeah. But how what Grant Morrison did is he took that story and he made it real. But he made it real in the sense that Batman just created this alternate personality in case he like gets hypnotized or anything uh, okay. to pull him out of it. Called the Batman of Zer and R. Uh, and so like he does all these other things. Like there's um, my one of my favorite things he's ever done is he did this a Superman book okay, called yeah. All Star Superman. It didn't take place in continuity. It's kind of just its own book. Uh-huh. It's just twelve issues. It's one of my favorite comics of all time. And it very much... So, so many comics, and I feel like it's a trap that people have gotten into since the 80s, where they'll take a superhero and they deconstruct them. And the best authors do a great job with that. Is What they do is they take everything away from the character, and they just get at the meat of the character yeah. by taking everything that makes them special away or something. Yeah. But I think a lot of bad writers have tried to do that because like it's a cool concept, but they fucked it up. What Grant Morrison does is he does the opposite of that. And because he's really into the idea, I think, of... Like, there's a lot of things he's into. But I think one of the things that uh, I love that he does is he is he goes to the boundaries of infinity uh, with the character. Like, he just... he So what he does is instead of making Superman weak, he has, like, Lex Luthor poison Superman in a way that... Uh, Superman's just getting so powerful, like his cells have absorbed so much solar energy yeah. that he's just gonna like overload at some point and die because of that. But in the meantime, he's just getting more and more powerful. Because uh, in the Silver Age of comics in like the 60s, uh, Superman could just have every single power in the world. Yeah. And that's essentially what Grant Morrison does. Is he's uh... just like, what? let's just do that. Let's just give Superman, let's make it so he does everything. And that... Like, like it takes a good writer to be able to do that well. Yeah. Uh, because it could be used really cheaply. Yeah. But what he does is he, he basically, he gives Batman 12 labors like Hercules. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, su- or I said Batman, Superman. Yeah. Uh, so the concept is that Superman is just going to solve 12 problems, 12 impossible problems. Yeah, before, before he, he, he dies. Before he dies, because yeah. now he's uh, just impossibly... Strong and it does a good job of just showing him just in small moments because there's this often uh, something I see on the internet like passed around a lot on comic book forums is this one page of him flying up onto the ledge of a building where there's a just like a depressed kid about to jump yeah and he just sits sits there and like talks to the kid yeah uh, basically he just goes to the kid he's very Mister Rogersy about it yeah he just goes like hey. Uh, your therapist is listening to you. Your therapist was just late to your appointment, uh, and things. And it's like one of those sweet moments of just. Oh, that's very good. That's this really is who cool. Superman is. But yeah. it also they go to the bounds of infinity, where they just show the absolute strongest Superman can get, and he's completing all these feats. And the art's really good. Like uh, I always love, because you know it's old hat to say that um, Superman has the dumbest. Uh, alter ego where he just puts on glasses (laughs) yeah yeah uh but the artist frank quitely this other scottish comic book guy 
is the artist in this book, and he does a really good job of just showing showing that Superman just completely he's able to change his physicality because he has all yeah. the powers in the world. Yeah. Uh, and he just like looks like this big clumsy oaf. And there's a really fun scene where he's protecting Lex Luthor in prison uh, as Clark Kent. Yeah. But he can't give away that he's Superman. And so you just see him doing. And there's a prison riot going on, but he has to not let on that he's Superman. Yeah. Because Lex Luthor is uh, boasting to re- reporter Clark Kent about how he killed, Su- how he's doomed Superman to die. Yeah. Um, and it's just all these fun season, fun scenes of like Clark Kent being really clumsy, yeah. but actually saving Lex Luthor's life. Yeah, yeah. But Lex Luthor just believes that he's this bumbling oaf, oaf. And this is like a really well written. Uh, Lex Luthor, in my opinion, but uh, it's still, you know, he's villainous and shit, and he's just like, oh, uh, he doesn't expect Clark Kent to be somebody of higher intelligence or to be capable, so he just keeps mocking Clark Kent for doing all these things that he's actually doing to save Lex Luthor, the guy he's, I mean, he's the definition of hubris. Uh, I don't know, it's great. Uh, Everybody, please read All-Star Superman or Doom Patrol, or Grant Morrison's run of Doom Patrol, or, I don't know, pick up Green Lantern number one, which I haven't read yet, but I'm super excited about it. I'm so, like, I don't know. I feel like I I went all over the place, and I didn't even get to his main, Grant Morrison's main philosophies. I just wanted to talk about Grant Morrison a little bit. That's cool, know. man, yeah. Um, I don't know. He's got a lot of, I love, he, he's very good at, like, DC Comics characters. Uh-huh. He did a run of the X-Men that's got some moments that I think are amazing and he definitely brought the X-Men into the 21st century but he's also written some other things like I don't like the way he writes Magneto okay Uh, Okay, I don't know Um, yeah sorry thanks for letting me rant Uh, (laughs) that was cool man that sounds that does sound very interesting yeah if I hadn't time I would fuck yeah Yeah, I know I know Uh, I'm very weird when it comes to I I'm obsessed with comic books, and I know most people don't take yeah. as much time as I do to. Uh, I mean, it's funny, reasonably it's like, so. It's a very niche medium, I but think. it's funny because like we 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 rant, we um you know we I I gush about the shows or things that I like, and then you don't really watch them, and you gush about things that you like, and I don't really. I think watch that's them. a little bit of our dynamic. I think that's that's how I think that's I think that's everybody though. It's just like. You, nobody has the time to watch everything. No, but well, but it's fun to hear you talk about yeah. the things that you enjoy yeah. and to like see how much you enjoy them. And I don't know. Yeah, I exactly. Think, yeah, yeah, and like that's, that's that's what gets people to watch new things. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever I hear somebody talk about something, even if it's something that I thought I would be interested in, but I'm hearing somebody who's truly interested in it. Yeah, uh, it makes me kind of want to watch it more. I just started watching a reality show. I don't watch reality. All right, anymore. because yeah, because Rebecca. Yeah. Well. So it's not one that Rebecca talked about. Okay, sure. I don't sure. think it was. Uh, I like the way Rebecca talked about keeping up with the Kardashians, yeah. and it made me more open-minded to the ideas of a reality yeah. show. Yeah. But somehow, I just couldn't get over the hump of keeping up with the Kardashians. Okay, yeah. But I was listening to another podcast and ha- keeping in mind what Rebecca had said. Yeah. Uh, so I heard this comedian talk about the show Terrace House. Okay. It's this Japanese reality show on Netflix. Okay, yeah. And it's just, it's just a basic reality show where they're just young people living in a house together. Okay, yeah. But it's so weirdly earnest. Like, it's so much more earnest than I think most, like, the way American reality TV is. Oh, that's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and, um, like, you can still tell that on some aspect they're being a bit performative. Yeah, and of course editing. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know, I think it's really sweet. Uh, I was watching the one, it's 
boys and girls in the city because there are a bunch of different categories. Okay. I think I've stopped watching it now, but I I was I like watched like yeah. twenty five episodes of it and it was it was good stuff. Yeah, I I I haven't meaning to like watch some more like yeah to like at, to at least take a look at Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, she she mentioned one episode. I'm gonna have to re-listen to our episode with her. Oh, there's she so many times an episode that sounded really cool. There was there was a bunch of yeah God we need to yeah I I have been re-listening to stuff and I need to take notes because there are definitely times where somebody says. If you if you watch one episode, watch that one. Yeah. Or, or like this, or something really cool, and, and I just yeah, I need to take notes of, and put it on a list. Yeah. That's that's the only way it's gonna get done. Uh, if you have one episode of Beast Wars, what what episode? Uh, I would say Code, Co- Code of Hero. Code of Hero. Yeah. Code of Hero. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you have one, um, let's say, if you have to YouTube one musical song performance. Like a, a song of a musical in a musical. A song in a musical. Like 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 if you had to Google one hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred or like something like that, just like a performance of a cast doing that on YouTube. Do you have a recommendation? Well, I mean, so I, oh, well, specifically for uh, I don't know, I don't, I, I'm not that like I'm not a musical nerd. Either, okay, yeah. But I, I would. Say I'm just trying to. I'm trying yeah, to no, think of like various. Yeah, 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 yeah. You understand? What I'm I mean, the perform. I, I um. The, the rent that I watched that I like the most as a, as a pre- full production is, um, and I don't know if there's any others, but is there's the 2008 one. I think that's the last. It was the okay. last performance. I like that a lot. I like that more than the movie. Although I like the vocals on the movie a bit better now okay. that I've listened to it more. But in terms of the actual staging production and everything, I mean, it's so much fun to watch it. And I, and I, when I, I skim through it to find specific things I, uh, like recently I skimmed through it to like find specific things I wanted to hear. Uh-huh and compare but in skimming through it I was like there's a lot of little moments in between that are really cool too there's just so many details where, where like you know when, the way they have the parents calling them stuff like that it's it's very interesting actually sounds pretty cool so I, it's like I kind of want to go back and watch that and that stuff is absent in the in the movie as a rent skeptic I feel like I should at least give it a shot I just hate that one song that I just sang yeah 125,600 yeah. minutes is it annoying that I know the number is that the right number no, I don't okay. think that's it. All right, I'm glad I don't, I don't know. Because I hate the... 125,006. I actually used that to do a calculation at one point. Because I, want, I wanted to, like, normalize something into, into mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. And, like, I'm like, I need to know the number of, you know, minutes in a year. And then I was like, wait, that's the, that's the song. I think it, you might be right. Oh, okay. 125,600 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's I hate the next part where it goes... I can't even do it. Ah, oh, this sounds oh, bad. It's, um, it's like no one should ever hear me say. <laughs> it's like how do you measure a year in daylights? It, oh yeah, that's yeah. the part I hate. Yeah. In daylight, and in cups of coffee. Oh god. Yeah. Can we stop talking about it? <laughs> oh man. If you have to read one Grant Morrison thing, I think All Star Superman. It's accessible. Yeah. Uh, it might not be his best work. It, Still one of my favorites. Yeah. I he's done stuff that isn't superhero stuff. If you haven't seen the show Happy, that's based off. Have you seen the show Happy? No, I have not. No. It's uh, Patton Oswalt voices a flying little hippo guy, but uh, Christopher Maloney is like a private eye, a very drugged up private eye. Anyways, it's based off a Grant Morrison comic that I actually did with my least favorite Grant Morrison comic, uh, but the show I thought was pretty good. Actually, here's a random idea that would you know we should probably do. I mean, also we're we're definitely like we're so over. I think yeah. it's because we're tired. We're 
both just very tan tangenty yeah. and rancy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, but I was gonna say one thing we could do for our listeners is. Uh, listen through and and make a list of these things of like one thing oh, we yeah. should do. Yeah, we should definitely and just post that on the Facebook. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because yeah. I, okay. I would I would find value in myself and I would just yeah. do it for myself. Um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, like just various little things that people should. Yeah. 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 Things to check out. Well, I mean, that was the episode. You know. All <laughs> right. Let's. We should definitely yeah, cut it. I now. think we should wrap it. <laughs> yeah, I need to go. I need to go home and get like. Sleep. I don't know. You need to sleep. sleep. Yeah, probably. I need to eat. It's gonna I'm actually gonna. You haven't had your burrito yet. Yeah, dude. I'm probably gonna buy ice cream because I want to. Ooh. Yeah. I, I still have some cream. brownies left from election day. Oh yeah. I have those. Yeah. I made cookie brownies. Oh yeah. All right. Um, for X Y Z, I'm Zach. And I'm Eco. And we're signing off. Bye.